here we go. Episode number nine with arguably the most talented coach yet to grace our presence on the podcast here. Coach Jimmy Medeiros from uh, Birmingham Charter High School out in the Valley. How you doing, coach? I'm doing good. Thanks a lot. Good. Thanks for coming on. We know you're busy. This guy uh, coaches the Na uh, California national team, coaches a championship boys and girls team out there in the LA city section. Basically, you're one of the teams that have put the city section on the map recently, coach. You've got a lot of success on the boys side and on the girls side. Yeah. I mean, we I work really hard to try to, you know, get these kids opportunities that, you know, they probably wouldn't have normally. So, uh, we've had a lot of success though. I mean, I've tried to build a certain kind of structure that is kind of like a long-term plan. If I get a kid for four years, I can, you know, get them to a certain place. Nice. So before we get started on, on uh, how you run your program, which obviously it's a successful program, give us a, a little bit of uh, Coach Jimmy's history. When uh, you got started, all that stuff. Coaching or wrestling? Uh, both. Let's, let's start from the beginning. How did it begin for you? A long road. Uh, <laughs> uh, I started when I was eight. Uh, let's get your dad on. Let's get your dad on here. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my dad wanted me to wrestle when I was little, um, and I was kind of on the fence about it. My mom didn't want it, and my they were split up, so my dad didn't really have a choice. And uh, my he would come out. Uh, one or every twice a week to take me to practice to make sure I went and uh, I wrestled all through junior high elementary then when I was 13 I went to go live with my dad and uh, things got serious and I was I went from one and two at freestyle state as a down year schoolboy to being in the finals and placing in the regionals and Tulsa and then it was non-stop from there it was training 24-7 and then uh, I would say in high school, um, in 98, I, won, I got second state. 99, I won state. I uh, won our section North Coast three times. I was third at the high school nationals. I was six-time high school All-American, Fargo and all that. Um, and then I went to Fresno State on a full scholarship. I started for four years there. I took an Olympic redshirt in 2004. Um, I was ranked fourth at the highest. I was a uh, round away once, round away twice, or two rounds second time. Um, uh, let's see. I'm which fourth all time on the Bulldog winning list, which is cool because we have a program now, so it actually means something. <laughs> <laughs> Last like eight years or 10 years, it didn't mean anything, but now somebody can maybe beat it, so that's cool. And then I was ranked like seventh on the Olympic ladder uh, in 2004. And then I came to LA to, to direct and write. And then I got talked into coming. One of my teammates moved to LA to do singing. And uh, he lived with me. So he, me and him were wrestling around. And he was like, hey, let's go beat up some high school kids, you know? And I was like, all right, sounds like a good idea. Like, I, I haven't beat somebody on the head in a while and uh we looked for a high school that had wrestling we lived in north hollywood and uh north hollywood didn't have a team van nuys didn't have a team grant didn't have a team we went to like six schools without wrestling teams <laughs> until we finally got to birmingham 
where the coach was Tony Bourne. He said, uh, why don't you come in and, uh, you know, help us out? And we were like, oh, that'll be fun. And then he's like, you guys can do anything you want, you know, me and my college teammate. And so the first year we kind of like tag team the program. And my buddy made a bunch of promises to the kids. And then after that year was over, he went home and kind of left me holding the bag. And <laughs> next thing you know, I'm the head coach. And uh, eight years later, I'm here, you know. But I, I did coach uh, uh, in college my freshman year. I didn't qualify for school. So I was like a prop 48, which meant my grades weren't good enough. Um, so I couldn't practice with the team. So I went to Clovis High and I coached with them for a whole year at Clovis High. And I wrestled with Alex Terrapelli and Garrett Spooner. And they got second in state that year. It was a pretty, pretty fun experience. And I learned a ton about coaching from Steve. And uh, then when I was done wrestling, I did a grad assistant year in 2006. And I coached with uh, uh, Charles, um, Sean Charles. And then uh, they dropped the program the next year. So I kind of hung up my shoes after that. Okay. And then, um, so when you were, when you were ranked high on the ladder, was that in freestyle or in Greco? Freestyle. Unfortunately, I wish it was Greco. Um, I kind of got caught in this weird thing where I was a Greco kid. I came from CYC. I was all American to every year in Greco. And when you get to college, a lot of times these, uh, the guys on your team, the coaches, they, they're really not about Greco at all. You know, and um, Jerry, who was my assistant coach, refused to wrestle Greco with me. And so um, I was like uh, kind of, you know, just not doing it. And so I just wrestled freestyle. And some kids sponsored me to go to all the tournaments, wrestle freestyle. I did. And uh, I kind of got out of Greco. And then in 2004, when I took the Olympic year, I kind of thought about, I kind of half-heartedly thought about going Greco, which I wish I would have committed to it fully. I, it was an unfortunate year for me. I broke my arm twice. I broke it in September and had a cast, um, then cut the cast off and went to Sunkiss in October. And I broke my arm again in January. Then I had a plate put in there. And then they took the staples out two weeks later. And then I went to the Olympic trials qualifier and won the regional after they took the staples out of my arm. So at the open that year, I wasn't quite hundred percent. Okay, so one of those kids that you, you as, as soon as you got the leash cut, you were running out there, huh? You know, I was an idiot. You know, when you're young and you're you're stupid, you're like, I'm training for the Olympics. You know, like I can't be resting and doing nothing. So I was bench pressing with a cast, had a full cast on, and I'm bench pressing, just leveraging on the cast and doing <laughs> bench and squatting. It was stupid. My arm never healed completely. So, oh, not good. Not good. Yeah. All right. So, Josh, go ahead. Hit hit him with a question. Um, how's your team looking this year? What do you, boys and girls, go for it? Uh, I think we might have our best year yet. I mean, uh, we had just this great class of kids that have been with me for four years for the boys, and they're like they're almost all seniors. It's like we probably have close to like eight, nine seniors that are just really good kids, all section placers, state qualifiers, like some really good kids. We have a returning state placer coming back. Um, 
Uh, we're going to be really solid for the boys. The girls, same thing. We've, we've got a lot. We have a more of a mixture with the girls of seniors and underclassmen, but we have a lot of good girls this year. And I'm, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I don't make, I don't like predictions and stuff, but I think, uh, I think we'll be in there. You know, we'll be knocking on the door and battling like usual. Nice. And I know uh, I was coaching in the city section when it first started and it just seemed like once you guys decided to jump in on those girls, like you guys were just a freight train, you know, you, and you just graduated. I mean, probably arguably one of the more talented girls that come out of your program. And that's pretty hard to say considering you had like Kaya Wagner, uh, you know, but Castillo graduating, I think, you know, is, is a big hit to your program, but it also a big testament also having Lee Miracle come out and sign her. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids like that, are, you know, like Lakaya, like Alex, they're just, you know, it's, it's hard. Cause you know, you, you don't know if you're going to get those kids again. When after Lakaya left, I was kind of like, well, there was, you know, a diamond in the rough, you know? And sure enough, that same year when she graduated, Alex was a freshman, made it to state, and just showed immediately that she was uh, born to wrestle. And, you know, when, when that happens, you know, you just kind of guide them in the right direction and kind of build the layers of technique. And, you know, those kind of kids will soak it up. And, you know, their, their ceiling of potential is endless. Yeah. Now, your program, I mean, like you said, you, you've got kids that will come in and, and actually go through all four years with you, yeah. but you have a huge program. Like, how do you yeah. guys manage to run those numbers, uh, you know, and still, you know, be able to, to focus on what the kids need to? How do, how do you work that? A very complicated system. Um, you know, usually uh, I've had a lot of coaches in the past. Last year was like a rare scenario where I was kind of down to me and another guy and a bunch of volunteers who kind of like helped us occasionally and came to tournaments. But uh, for the most part, it was me running two practices back to back. Normally what I do in the past was I'd have coaches run uh, JV flash off second team varsity practices. Um, and we'd have three practices going on at once and there'd be six different practices total. And half of them would study hall and that other half would wrestle and then they flip flop and then the other half would study and uh, wrestle. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I would facilitate it. And that way I could, you know, coach the girls differently. I mean, like you mentioned uh, in 2013, when the section uh, sanctioned girls, mm -hmm. uh, we had four girls on our team that were just really dedicated. They're going to stick it out. And you we were like, okay, well, these girls aren't going anywhere. So we're going to, you know, coach them. And they just were part of our team with all the boys and they just kind of filtered in and I didn't really think too much of it. Um, and then they wrestled and then I saw how your team won that year and, and uh, San Fernando did so well. And I was like, I went and I was like, I want to win because I don't want to do anything half-ass. So I was like, we're going to recruit girls. We're going to have a full team next year. And so we come back, we had a full lineup, although, uh, most of the teams had more, almost a full lineup. So that really wasn't enough. I also had a couple assistants coaching the girls. Um, and then when I went to the city championship that year, I was really frustrated with the performance that I saw and technique wise. And, and I just said to myself, I was like, I have one person to blame and that's me. You know, if I want to have a say in how they're wrestling, I have to coach them. 
And so after that second year, I dedicated my time in half and I completely down, down the whole season. I split my tournaments up half with, with the girls, half one with the boys. And I have two practices, varsity girls, varsity boys, and they flip flop. So I'll do an hour and a half with the boys and the girls are study hauling. And then the girls come in and the boys study hall or lift. And then I coach the other varsity team. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say it like that too because I think a lot of people, a lot of coaches, especially new coaches, when they come into wrestling, especially girls wrestling, they think the more time the better, or yeah. you know, the volume, you know. And I think a lot of people were surprised, and it's good to hear you say what you just said right now because we only had an hour and twenty minutes a day with our girls at Panorama. Yeah. People were like, well, how do you get a, a team of girls who've never wrestled in their life, and by the second year you have state placers? How does that work? And it's like, it's only an hour and 20 minutes, but it's the quality that you put into that. You know, giving them ex specifically what they need and going in there. And so, you know, I always kind of chuckle when I see people with their three and a half, four hour practices and their, their kids are dead. And by the end of the year, they're yeah. hurting. And it's like, well, you know, you, you're doing a little wrong there, you know, but that, that's interesting to say. Uh, Josh, you got another one for him? Uh, when Just to follow up to that last one, when you say like recruit girls, do you mean like like schools or like you're talking like like you word of mouth girls just start how do you how do you get that many I, i'm shocked when i hear some of these schools have that many girls how do you get yeah how, how, what's your population at your school and how do you get that many girls well one we have a lot of kids so there's plenty of them to go around we have 3500 kids ish um at our school so but I, I work hard. I mean, the problem is uh, last year we probably had 10 freshmen, but that was because I was trying to keep the numbers low because I knew I was all by myself. So I couldn't handle 100 kids like I normally have. Um, one year we had 90 kids try out, and this year we had 75 come out. Um, and I think I want to say we had um, – 32 girls try out for our team this year and um honestly what i do is uh there's a multitude of things i really like kind of like jimmy said last week i um i really uh get the girls and the boys invested in recruiting kids to come out for wrestling um the problem that we're up against at least in la is that none of these kids have ever wrestled most of them have never seen a wrestling match or even know exactly what it is so what I do is I go to the PE classes in the first week of school and all the kids are just sitting in this the gym. I roll out a mat. I pull a couple kids out of class and they start throwing each other. They just start like throwing each other around the mat. And then all the kids are like, oh, ooh, ah. And then once I got their attention, I go to each section and I start, I point out kids. And I'm like, hey, you think about coming out for wrestling? And they're like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, well, have you ever seen a wrestling match? And they're like, no. Uh, they're like, oh, well, I can't do what those guys are doing. I was like, why not? They were a freshman, you know, three years ago, and they were just like you, and they didn't know anything. And now look at they can wrestle. And this guy's a state qualifier. This girl's a state qualifier. Bring the girls out. And when they start throwing each other, everybody goes nuts. Um, and, and I get it in their brain. And then I have the kids during our class period, they go into the other freshman classes and they talk about it, and then they kind of tell them more about it. So a lot of these kids are getting hit a couple different times with come out for wrestling, come out for wrestling. And then we had our tryouts. We keep pushing the tryout date. 
then they come and we make it real fun and then we play games and we kind of do the warm-up stuff and um you know keep we keep most of them uh we didn't this year we didn't cut that many one year we cut 45 kids because we had to keep it under 120 so it was um Jeez. Cool. That's, a, that's a problem right kids yeah. jesus i mean valdivia has got to worry about only one kid crying right. out right. That's, hey that's by the way jimmy how far is is birmingham from bakersfield uh from bakersfield uh, it's like an hour and a no two hours hour and a half well, that was, I imagine that's why oh bowers would say that's doable <laughs> what do you think valdivia i think uh, Alyssa needs a new a new home <laughs> there, uh, Richard's a one. He's he's a lone uh, ranger, man. They can't go somewhere. He's a, he's a lone wolf. So speaking of wolves, so you got Jeff Estrada coming. Yeah. Uh, to Birmingham, what's his role going to be with your team? You're helping on your staff. Is he bringing other people with him? I know he kind of travels in a pack. Um, what what what's the plan? Um. Well, you know. I think I, I love Jeff. He's got a ton of energy. He reminds me of somebody that I know and love really close to me. He's exactly like my dad. So um, they have the same energy. So I'm used to that like my whole life. Um, and, you know, I kind of feel like I'm, uh, I'm kind of like the opposite of Jeff and where maybe we counterbalance each other. Uh, some of the, my criticisms that my parents give me is they say I'm not intense enough or I'm not like, tough enough on the kids sometimes so it's nice to have somebody else who has that element um to complement my kind of easygoing uh kind of mentality um I also you know the the thing that i've been missing and i was i told i was talking to richard about this earlier is that um i've been killing myself for like seven years now uh getting kids who've never wrestled before training them for four years and getting them to you know close to placing the state i've had on the boy side probably i don't know five kids like in the match to place and not quite place um i've had a lot of girls do well but not all like kids that i thought if i had a little longer i probably could have made them state placers or champions but i only had them for three years or two years so i think jeff brings to me the the kind of element that i've been missing which is a uh, club and kids club to kind of build the uh, kids that have already wrestled that I could take to the next level. Yeah. No. And I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that you were having to do all that on your own, but now you, which with support, I mean, really can only imagine the success your program could have now. I mean, I don't, I don't know, Jeff. I always say, I don't, I don't know, Jeff. I've, I've had one text conversation with the guy, you know, but it's hard to imagine you having more success than you've already had. Uh, you know, but having that backup, I'm sure, is, is going to take a lot of load off you that you got to bear, you know, being the head coach yeah. and being the head technician. You know, I mean, and even Jeff was telling me, you know, like one of his goals is kind of take a lot of like uh, time and stress off of me uh, as far as, you know, having to run every club practice, having to run every practice, having to do two practices back to back and then a club, you know. Um, and morning practice at six o'clock where we do lifting, you know, it's like sometimes when I was working at the school, I was there, you know, 16, 17 hours a day. And uh, now I'm running my own business. So I'm at home most of the time. 
and uh, I'm writing and directing movies and things like that. So like I'm really busy and having someone like Jeff can afford me the ability to kind of not have to be 120% in and uh, killing myself just to like kind of get as far as everybody else is, you know? Yeah. So with, with Jeff, is he, is he bringing extra coaches with him? Is it just him? Like, how's that working? Uh, well, right now he's bringing Jake with him. So, um, we're gonna, we're, it's a slow process the way we're going to work. He's starting SOTLA, um, with us and he's basically taking over my club and he's going to run the club two days a week for right now. Um, and he's going to try to build it up so then we could probably go more days um, and different levels of kids as far as ages. But right now we're just kind of, we're, we're starting with three days a week. He's going to come in, help with the practice at the school, uh, run our club and, and we're starting there and we're going to see how that goes and build on it. So your kids club, what was the name of your kids club? Oh, the one I had previous. Yeah. Previous. I, it was just, team patriot you know i don't even know i don't even, i never really cared about the club really i mean the kids would use different names but we just had our own club that i opened the room and got another practice for the kids and could help their little brothers and sisters kind of um learn how to wrestle yeah because i know out there you have well you have uh uh la wrestling club you have a great one eight you have tigers so it, it seems like that valley is is gone from, you know, really kind of overlooked uh, section yeah. to, you know, and and it's not it's not sleeping on Palisades or Bell or any of those other programs that are yeah. that are growing, but really that valley is is really becoming a real hotbed for wrestling, you know, between you and of course San Fernando, and then um, I know he's not in the in the LA section, but Valencia High School all those areas were kind of forgotten about for a long time. And, oh, yeah. you know, now you look at Fargo and you look at the heavyweights, the upperweight girls, and you got, you know, five girls, six girls that are in the top, you know, three in the country, all living within, you know, five miles of each other. It's oh, kind yeah. of I mean, I did a, I did a Fargo training camp probably about three or four days before we left for Fargo. And it was mm -hmm. like two a days and freestyle and Greco. And uh, all those girls came down, and we had a great room with Katia, and, uh, Lena, and, and uh, Alex, and all them. And they were just battling, you know, and sitting there training and wrestling and, you know, getting ready for uh, Fargo. And it's really nice to have, like, good competition, you know, right before we go to Fargo. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're training, working on the techniques and helping each other. And it, it, was, it was really nice. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider that really the San Gabriel Valley has been that hotbed for a long time, you know, where people kind of imagine all the talent to be in Southern California, and, and it has been arguably for a long time. But now, like I said, the city section and, and the city section, too, has really been kind of ahead of the game, you know, in, in, in terms of like segregating the girls from the boys and, okay, girls only wrestle girls in this section and, you know, where's... I think honestly, that's what helps. And, and you said it yourself. As soon as you got there and you realized there was separate girls, you immediately were like, "I'm, I'm winning a championship, whether it's yeah. you know, boys or girls." I coach wrestling, and I'm, I, I'm looking for a ring, you know. And, yeah. and it, I think that if other sections followed that suit, oh, yeah. they, I think that it would, the sport would only grow. You know, if you just separate them, give them their own thing. And I know a lot of coaches are, are crying, are claiming, you know, clamoring for um, 
a separate season entirely, you know, I think this is at least a nice middle ground of like, yeah. hey, you know what? We're not going to give a separate season. Just boom, split it. They're no longer allowed to and move forward. Now, you have some talented girls that come in. How do you feel about those girls wrestling boys in high school during the season? When you have somebody like Katie coming in yeah. and, uh, and Castillo and Lakaya. I know Lakaya wrestled a lot of boys uh, yeah. early on. You know, how, how do you feel about that now that you're a, a, a girls coach also? Um, I think it's not so black and white. You know, I think uh, for the reasons that people like them to wrestle boys, I do as well. And for the reasons I like them not to wrestle with the boys um, is also an element that um, me, that is important to me. Uh, one, I don't want a distraction. So I like to separate the girls, although I mix them a lot and I try to pick and choose when I put them together and when they wrestle each other. Number one club is kind of the way uh, I have them wrestle each other. During the practices, when we're learning techniques, over the years when I started, I write a practice plan for each practice, and I map out every minute of the practice so that I can get the most technique and the most out of that hour and a half of time. And so usually I don't wrestle live in our practice much at all. Um, I save it for a club, and I encourage them to come to club and get another practice if they really want to wrestle live. And that's when they kind of get the opportunity to wrestle the boys. But what I noticed was when I first started, I wrote the same practice plan for both boys and girls. And then I did, you know, a series of setups. And when I did it with the boys, we went one setup, two setup, three setup, four setup. And we kind of got through all of them. And then when I got to the girls practice, it was like one setup. And then they were perfectionists. They go, my, my elbow in the right place is my, how do I put my hand? Watch me do it. And then next thing you know, I'm like, practice is almost over. We got through one setup. So I, <laughs> I, I realized that the way that they learn is different and, and that uh, some of the moves that they do um, are just uh, a little different. There's some moves that because of the way they're built, they're just, it's not as easy for girls to do or, or it's better for girls to do. So I kind of changed the strategy of the moves I taught them and the way I taught them. And uh, I had so much more success once I did that. So I kind of think teaching the technique, I like them separate because they don't get distracted by each other and they're just focused on learning. But then when we wrestle live, I do Fridays, um, almost every Friday I do a tournament um, at our team. Since we have a lot of kids and we're like eight deep in some weight classes, I have sometimes little brackets. I post them on the wall. I tend to pull different, I do different scenarios, sometimes JV versus JV, varsity versus varsity. Um, I do round robins. I'll do, sometimes I'll do like a 32 man bracket and it'll be girls, boys, JV, uh, varsity, all mixed. Um, and sometimes I'll make the girls get like weight uh, allowance against the boys to kind of even the playing field. Sometimes I'll put JV boys against the varsity girls. Usually they kill them though. And it's like, but it's kind of nice for them. And it's nice for the guys, too, to kind of get over getting beat by a girl sometimes. So yeah. when the varsity girl's really good and she's a state placer and she just stumped you, um, it's nothing to be sad about. You're like, oh, she's really good. She's been wrestling a long time. So I do a lot of that kind of mixture stuff. Someone like Katie, um, um, I need to challenge her constantly. So when we do wrestle live, she will wrestle the boys a lot. Um, uh, she already does. But... Uh, when we're working on the technique from day to day, it'll be mainly girls. And then when we get the club scenarios, she'll wrestle the boys. So that's kind of how I 
I figure a way to kind of keep them separate, but keep them together and kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, if that makes sense, I guess. No, it does for sure. Now, could you kind of take us through um, kind of like what, like some of your heavy hitters coming in this year? Uh, for girls or boys? Yeah, for, for both, girls and boys. Um, well, for boys, uh, Rocky Roman, he was he's a two-time section champ and state qualifier. He's coming back at 113, 120-ish. Um, we have Diego Nava, who's a two-time uh, – got fourth and second in the section last year. He's really good, probably hardest-working kid on our team. Um, we also have uh, – John Smith, who is a returning uh, state placer and Fargo All-American. Um, he's really focused on winning the Olympics, he told me, <laughs> which I said, let's worry about state first. You know, <laughs> he's he's a character, that's for sure. Um, he said, don't tell me about anybody in high school. I want to win the Olympics. I said, but uh, you're not, you know, at that level yet. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I said, all right, buddy. <laughs> um, and then um, all of our upper weights are pretty good. Um, uh, we had a, uh, Moses Trujillo was in the finals last year. Um, and then we had two other guys that for some, for, they kind of didn't wrestle last year. One didn't make grades. The other one got beat out for a spot, but I think they'll both be at state this year. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty solid all the way through, uh, girls. Uh, we have a lot of good girls. Um, we had a girl at one Oh six last year. She got third in city. Um, uh, Giselle. And then at um, then probably uh, Veronica, she's got second in the section twice. Uh, really tough girl. She was 111 last year, um, 106 the year before. Um, she went to state this last year. Um, she, then we have Aaliyah, who was All-American um, at uh, Folk Style in Fargo. So she's really good. Um, is she the one that, that we wrestled at state? Yes, the, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That yes. that girl, she's just on your legs like all day. Like and she's so yeah. long, she hits she that is. shot, those arms just like woof. And it's yeah. like, oh my god, you can't beat that girl off. Like you no. can hip her, you can hip her, feed her hips, yeah. and she's just got a really good like, she's got the like, Ed Ruth, those Ed Ruth oh, arms. Yeah. Where she and she's just a reach she's in great shape too. She just keeps shooting yeah. and shooting. I had to try to tell her when like before we went to Fargo, I was like, stop shooting i said move her create an angle and then shoot her out of bounds when you get to the zone then shoot her yeah. out and get one at least i said you might still score but you know as long as you're getting one you're not wasting your shot because at freestyle yeah. state she's shooting in the middle of the mat and then trying to drive across the mat wasting all of her energy and she beat uh she wrestled at folk style nationals she got eighth kind of snuck in there and i just started working with her and then um then, you know, over the period of time, the girl who won folk style, she wrestled twice at Fargo and almost teched her for the fifth place match and just was like too much for that girl. Good hand motion, good setups, good shots. Like uh, she's so talented. Like uh, I don't know how good she's going to be, but I, I think she's going to be up there. If you just give her a little more time and a little bit more technique, um, who knows? Sky's the limit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that right there is already two big hammers with her yeah. and Katie. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about it, Josh and Rich? I mean, it really, if you have two legitimate state placers this year at state, 
in, it's looking like you're in contention. I mean, did, did yeah. someone, someone graduated a lot, right? And then they lost yeah. morale as well. I mean, they have, yeah. You know, they got three returning placers, but I, I hear they have more people coming in. So, um, you know, it's always going to be a challenge. I mean, I think what I, I really like is I have a girl who didn't go to state last year, but mm -hmm. she was in the finals and really talented girl named Destiny. She, uh, she, her dad unfortunately passed away right, um, right around the section. She wrestled anyway and wrestled like a champ and couldn't go to state because of the funeral, but let the other girl go. But I really felt like she could have been right there at like 137. She was uh, right in there as far as placing. And this year she's a senior. And we have like Zayana Cabrera is really good. at. She was at 31. She won two matches at state. She's pretty tough. You know, um, Tiffany Calderon, she was a two-time state qualifier um, at 150. So, so yeah, I mean, we got a lot of girls. I, I'm really excited about the freshman girls that just tried out. I mean, we had uh, 35 freshman girls come in. So it was uh, exciting. Awesome. I saw a girl who looks exactly like Lakaya um, in her tryouts and was so <laughs> talented. I was like, oh, please, God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Does she have that ability, though? That, I mean, that, you and I talked about it on the phone. Like, does she have it? Uh, with, from the tryout, from what I saw, uh, we played the toe touch game, and uh -huh. they were just touching each other's toes, and she ankle picked a girl. And I'm like, who taught you how to do an ankle pick? She's like, I don't know. It made sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Just, yeah. It, I mean, Jimmy and I had like a 20, 30-minute conversation earlier this weekend, and we were talking yeah. about it. And Josh, yeah. do you know what it is? No, tell me. No, it, it is like the intangible. It's <laughs> it's something that like you see a kid out there and it's like their first day of practice. And for some reason, they just fight off positions that most new kids like fall over with. They fight it just a little bit longer. They react just a little bit different. They yeah. they just they have it. Like I don't even know what it is. I mean, the the the, the last time I really saw it with, when I was coaching was with Grecia over at Panorama, and then she followed me to West Covina. Um, it was just it. Like she, I don't know what it was. The kid came in, had no idea what wrestling was, and then she's out there. And I don't like the girls to go live too soon because I don't want them, you know, one getting hurt or two getting discouraged. But she wanted to go right away, so I just said, "Okay, play around. They'll get hurt." And she's she's just fighting position off. Just you know, they're shooting, and she's just a natural overhook and hipping girls. And I'm like. Oh man, like she's got it. Yeah, you know, and and that, I, call, I call it that killer instinct, you know. Yeah, and I think killer instinct to me is like comes a little bit later when you see them in a tight match and they just don't they don't give it up. You know, if it's a squeaker, they're good there, they're comfortable. Yeah. But the it is just something that you, you just you can't coach it. you can't coach it. It's just yeah. there, and you can't get around it. So, um, so with the team this year. Um, you know, and, and adding Wolf to the whole situation. I mean, how do you how do you think long term you see this working out? Because I know Wolf seems like he's kind of everywhere, right? He's kind of got yeah. sock in a couple different places. He's imagine he's boat. He's fishing somewhere. He's all over the place. He's broken down on a bus, asking somebody to help hook him up. He's you know, he's, <laughs> he's a you know he's everywhere. So. I mean, how do you see this, you know, playing out, you know, for the long term? Well, um, you know, Jeff's really, um, you know, dedicated to trying to 
kind of set some roots down. Um, although he doesn't always act like it, but he wants to kind of, uh, you know, he claims he wants to be in LA for 10 years. You know, he wants to settle. He wants to kind of be in one spot, but at the same time, I'm realistic to knowing that you got to let Jeff be Jeff. Um, and he's, he's got a hustle that's, um, you can't compare to anything. He's, you know, a hundred percent in all the time. He's going to travel. He's going to drive. He's going to take kids. He's going to train kids. He's going to bring kids all over the country to make them the best they can be. And I'm just going to try to embrace you know, Jeff and who he is and what he does well. And, um, you know, and try to find, uh, you know, kind of a neat, uh, some kind of like, you know, medium between us. And, you know, he compliments me and I compliment him and kind of hopefully, uh, you know, build the great program. Nice. So, Jimmy, you've, you've been coaching the girls' California team now for a couple of years. How long have you been doing that? Um, well, uh, I mean, I haven't actually ever really – I'm not on the staff, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm on the boys' staff. Technically, I'm the Greco coach. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I always have girls on the team. And, um, you know, Mike and Melinda um, are really good friends of mine. Melinda's from my area back when we were wrestling at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew her at the training center and stuff like that back in, you know, the thousands. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, they've always kind of reached out to me to help a little bit, you know, when I'm there. And, um, you know, you guys have talked about it. They're outnumbered. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of kids. And um, I always help them. And Mike always asked me to, like, you know, come in and show some stuff. Uh, he likes me to show Greco and stuff like Mario would love because uh, he Mike's on board for girls Greco. So, um, you know, he always wants me to show some specific stuff for Fargo and all that stuff. So I, I like to help whenever I can. Um, I, I've really enjoyed helping the girls, coaching the girls at Fargo whenever I get a chance. Uh, sometimes it's really hard for me because uh like for instance, this year, the way the schedule worked out with Greco being second, I'm having kids like boys wrestling freestyle, girls wrestling freestyle in the same session while I'm running a practice back in the wrestling room. And so, you know, when I had like time to eat lunch, I was coaching my practice and then not eating and running back to, you know, coach girls and boys. And it's, it's like a crazy 10 days of exhaustion. Yeah. No, I I know that we, we did a survey and, and the survey is actually overwhelmingly um, positive. You know, we, we, yeah. we sent it out to a lot of the kids um, and their parents, uh, you know, to, to just kind of give us some feedback in terms of yeah. what the experience was like, um, you know, the, the goods, the bads, the uglies, that kind of stuff. And to be honest, there really wasn't a whole lot of uglies. It was overwhelmingly positive in terms of um, their impressions uh, not they go back and 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 uh, Coach Jimmy was even some of the girls' favorite coaches. You know, we <laughs> really okay. <laughs> we didn't want to, we, were, we weren't trying to be negative or anything. We just yeah. wanted to get a good idea of um, you know what um what what experiences the kid had kids had and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I could actually show it on the screen if I can get this going right here. I could tell you. I know uh, your I know your mind. Your your mind my daughter's favorite coach. So. <laughs> well, she's a great kid, so it's easy. <laughs> she's like Jimmy got to throw the block. Oh yeah, 
I hear the block so much. Jimmy will throw that block. If there's a four-point move being scored Jimmy's against his kid, Jimmy's throwing that block. You can bet sure. bottom dollar Jimmy is throwing that block. Okay, so hey, He wins all the time, too. I won a lot of block tosses. You know, this year I, I kind of had a couple that I that I really was like w- like really bothered me, a couple block tosses or no block tosses, where we're in a tight match, one-to-one match, and you, you got to ask yourself, like, I didn't think that should have been scored. But, you know, there was I lost a bunch of blocks tosses in a row and I started stopped throwing it as much because some of the refs were like not changing their mind no matter what the video showed them. So it was like I don't want to risk losing a point in a one point match, you know. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm showing, I'm showing everybody who's watching the video right now. Uh, out of all the girls, we've had 23 responses. Uh, you know, 69% were uh, cadet. 30, 30% were juniors. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the styles that kids did, it's pretty much pretty close to uh, 50-50 in terms of doing both uh, cadet and junior. Then, um, you know, we kind of go down. I won't, won't bore you guys too much with it. But um, but overall, the ratings for the coaches are actually pretty good. You got about you got 50%. They gave you they gave the coaching staff a five-star rating. Uh, 21% more gave it a four-star. And uh, – 13% more. So you're looking already at, you know, over 75%, um, you know, giving the coaching staff, you know, three stars or better. So that's, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, uh, considering that, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of coaches having to run around, stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I w- I'll go ahead. No, go ahead, Jimmy. I was going to say, uh, I could tell you from an outsider perspective of like, uh, from when I first, you know, went to Fargo and I had girls on the team um, as being like a boys coach kind of, I started just kind of tagging along a little bit with Mike and watching how it all worked. And I helped at some of their practices and just kind of would show one or two moves. Like the first year I just showed a couple moves. I didn't really run any practices. And then I started, I would run a practice or two, but um, I would tell you from an outside perspective, looking in, I uh, thought that like, the experience for the girls was tremendous. I mean, Mike like went out of his way to make it fun for them. They do these team bonding stuff when they have downtime. They would like play games with each other. He like forces them to be in rooms with people that they would never know. And then, you know, my girls are coming back going, oh my gosh, like my best friend from Sacramento and my best friend from, you know, somewhere else in the state in Northern California who now they see at tournaments and like he really uh, did a good job. I thought of making them come together and making it more of an experience than just a tournament. We're on the boys side, you know, during the downtime, they're just sleeping in their room or playing ping pong. And there's no kind of like, and not necessarily that the boys would want to do, you know, team building or games or anything like that, but it's just such a, a, a different experience. And I feel like that's why, everyone wants to go to Fargo. Like the girls are like fighting to go to Fargo typically in the past. Cause um, it's such a fun experience. And, you know, part of that is like Mike making it um, a really like, you know, interactive kind of thing um, that I enjoyed kind of as being an outside, you know, looker on or. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn in the middle about everything because um when, when my daughter started wrestling and, and Fargo and I first started being introduced to Fargo and stuff right now, it seems like 
we take so many girls mm -hmm. and you've kind of watered down that exclusivity of being on the national team. You know, when you're taking that many girls, yeah. you know, it, you know, it used to be, you know, you saw that Fargo jacket and it, and it meant something. It was like, Ooh, that's a bad girl. You know, and you kind of, <laughs> you watch that girl, you watch that girl walk into the mat. You're like, Ooh, okay. She's got a Fargo jacket on. Let me, let me sit back and watch this. Right. And then you, you know, you had a Audrey Morehouse and Victoria Anthony and Amanda Hendy and Tatiana Padilla. You had all these hammers coming in, you know, and they were like, Whoa, like, yeah, that, that, you know, now you see some girls and you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. They're on the Fargo team. You know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like anymore like that, like it's that exclusivity anymore. What do you think, Josh? Um, I, I think based on the number of girls that are wrestling, we're well represented and, you know, we've earned those spots that we get to send the girls. So I think that we prove just based on the number of placers and, and girls that came close to placing that we're, we're taking enough people. I'd like to see if we could get 10 more coaches on the staff, I'd like to get another 10% of the girls get to go. I, I think the more the merrier, I say we, you know, give as many girls that exposure, that opportunity to go on that national scene uh, get that vibe. Maybe they can't go to Body Bar. Maybe I understand there's the cost. It's it's inhibitive, but there's ways to pay for it. You know, fundraising, whatever. Um, I mean, if you want to go and you're serious about it, you're going to figure out a way to go. But uh, even at that, like you said, there's other national tournaments. Yeah, yeah, but there's one every weekend. If you well, yeah. yeah, and then but why not have one that's more exclusive? That's more to to, to keep that premium. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, USA Wrestling could oh. say, you know, we won Worlds, we should have two guys per weight class. Okay, great. That would be great, but then it waters down the idea of being the Olympian. You know what I'm saying? It, it, making the world team. You I, know think, what I'm I think the day that we're in right now is everything's watered down. You know, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we can compare versus, you know, when I was in high school, there was one national tournament and you had to be a senior. Now there's three and every grade can go to every one of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, things have just gotten watered down i mean you talk about the fargo jacket meaning something i agree with that sentiment you know like i used to like the fargo singlet you saw a kid wearing it and then you're like oh shoot he's a, a fargo team member he's really tough and now you can buy it at the uh stand everybody can buy the singlet little kids wear the fargo singlet um it has no importance but i don't think that's really what it's about it the end of the day i mean i i'm a very nostalgic person also um as far as those kinds of things and prestige but at the end of the day if you're talking about a tournament like fargo the way you win fargo is with numbers illinois does it they they have double the number than any other state they send all their kids to the regionals through the qualifications and they just hammer us with placers at every weight and they win and but see, but that's the thing too. Win. We're we had, we're a greedy state, and we want to win girls every single time. And well, guess what? If we don't, everybody gets pissed. <laughs> well, that's well, that's what we were saying too uh, in a previous podcast. And I know you listen, and we're grateful you listen. That's for sure. Um, you know, why aren't we just taking every every state gets top two, you get two girls, three girls, whatever. Set a number, and let's make this about the quality of the state, and not necessarily about a numbers game. You know, I mean, like you said, too, like in the city, you know, like you had eight yeah. solid girls, but you just didn't have the numbers to win, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, you know, like to me, like, let's have an event that's strictly prestige, you know, like, okay, this is the best of the best. 
Because I, I don't well, know. I guess like, I, like, what are you talking about? Like, like body bar? No, body bar. <laughs> anybody can go to body bar. Right. I mean, yeah, that's true. So why why not make Fargo the elite one where okay, you got to qualify through your state because there's a process to qualify for Fargo. There's not a process to qualify for body bar. So take you know make it the elite of the elite and go or make body bar it, but have something that we know that is the cream of the crop that is the it's, best of the best. It, it's a money pit. Yeah, and it's that's what it comes down to. Richard's right. Like it's about money. I mean, they want more people in the tournament, so they're gonna ins- they're gonna promote and inspire more numbers as best way they can. Well, let's talk. Let's- know, I, Let's talk about that then. The, on that money pit, how do you feel about them combining girls and boys state and the idea of making kids make weight, uh, you know, three days in a row? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of three day weigh-ins, but honestly, we did at the NCAA's. Uh, if you're holding your weight down, it's just another thing to manage. Um, I don't think it's a make or break anything. Uh, I'm on the fence. I think there's good and bad to it. I think uh, everybody's all about the raise stage you know, and all that stuff. And yes, I do like it. And I think it's sad that it won't be happening, but at the same time, oh, well, um, you know, I think there's positive for the girls and there's negative. I think they had their own space and that was nice, but it felt like a JV tournament compared to the boys. Um, And I, well, I mean, I remember sitting there two years ago uh, and we were in first place at the girls state meet and all their computers broke down. And we waited for 20 minutes for them to hand write the team score so I could see what place we were at the end of the day. Never has that ever happened at the Boy State since I've ever been there. Um, and, you know, the score's running across the top and it's done really well. I just, I felt like the girls needed that same element. And not only what best to kind of open up everybody's eyes to how far ahead of the curve California is and get those people who are not on board get them on board by forcing them to watch the girls at state and see how our elite girls wrestle and let's promote them in the same way we do the boys and give them the same stage. And I don't know how it's all going to work out. I mean, I I personally, uh, for a selfish reason, don't like it because I could possibly have 20 kids at state and I don't (laughs) know how in the world I'm going to coach them. Like I don't want to miss important matches um, for either boys or girls. And I don't know how I'm going to physically, um, you know, do that. Well, I mean that fiscally too. I mean, I hear that the complaint that, Oh, well you got to pay these union, uh, you know, set up people to set it up. But it's like, well, hold on. You got parents paying for more days to be at the event. You got parking, you got concessions, you got all these things that they're going to be making more money on. Why not set up two stages and just give them both of it, you know, give them both that i mean at, at the very least of course these parents to and here's the other thing too from what i'm hearing people booking hotels you have to book for the whole weekend or you can't book and it's like that's a lot of money you know for you know mom and dad and you know everybody who wants to go watch little Susie or little joey or Susie and joey yeah. with family go well that's no problem for birmingham they have a lot of money from what i hear <laughs> well you know um yeah i mean it, about the money like part like I guess when you're thinking about a team and sending the, you know, we, we send the kids on a charter bus to uh, Visalia and hotels and all that stuff. And then the next week we do it again in Bakersfield. So, you know, you're kind of paying double in that aspect. And this time we're getting the same amount of rooms, just uh, one bus. 
Um, so I guess yeah. we save money in that. Yeah, because uh, you guys do like you guys do like one room for every like per wrestler or something like that at Birmingham. <laughs> Our school is really weird about it. Like uh, they want every kid to have their own bed. So um, usually it's two kids per room. So Good. we have to we have to get a lot of rooms. And they pay for it too. Jim, dude, Jimmy's got support in his school. He's done a good job because they, man, I when I went there once just to hop by and, and I seen this practice, I'm like, good lord, like how many mats do you guys have? How many like you guys got a lot going on there? It's crazy. Like, well, you know, it's it's funny when I got there, we had 15 kids on the team. We had a $500 budget. Um, we had one coaching stipend, and uh, you know, I was there, and then. You know, I met with that the athletic director and after my first year there, everybody was trying to recruit me to, you know, go to their school. And I sat down with the AD and I told him, you know, these are things I need to build a championship program. And I don't want to be, I'm not going to be anywhere if I can't build a championship program. So I said, you know, I needed transportation. I needed more coaching stipends. I need a bigger budget, um, all these things. And he said, yes. And then they just, they restructured how they paid for all the sports and the stipends and some of the people at our school get a little mad because um, uh, the wrestling team gets just about as much as like baseball football. and football. Well, not as quite as much as football, but we're up there. I mean, yeah. we pay almost just as many coaches and all that kind of stuff. So good Lord. we're doing good. Yeah. That's why I never wanted to leave too. People kept trying to get me to go somewhere else, but at the same time, I'm like, where am I going to find administration that's, 100% behind me, you know, a uh, school that has money and is willing to spend it on wrestling um, and be able to give me all the elements that I need to be successful. So, Hey, Jimmy, I know you don't have them all on right now, but does your, your hand ever get heavy? All them rings you always have on? <laughs> uh, our school, that's a good, that's a good positive thing about our school too, is they buy us rings when we win the section and when we win the duels. So yeah, we get, uh, we get a lot of rings. Uh, I'm, I've got a whole, uh, my girlfriend bought me a uh, ring box, so now I can put them all in the box. Geez, that must be nice. When I when Panorama won it, we literally had to pay for it out of our own pocket. It was insane. Yeah. Abby fought with them tooth and nail, and, uh, dude, it, it came out to a lot of money. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. We didn't even get a banner. I don't even think they still have a banner. You know, they didn't, they didn't even get a banner for Winning City, and I'm like, this is insane. Like it, They love our banners at our school. They can't wait to put up a banner. The day yeah. after you win, they put the banner up. I'm like, the heck did you do that? <laughs> hey, Birmingham, Birmingham buys so many rings from Jostens. They get like a volume discount, right, Jimmy? She, the Jostens lady, uh, she hooked me up so good this year. I mean, uh, she gave us such a good deal. She, I've done eight rings with her now. Um, so she like, she loves me, and I'm, I'm constantly going to her. The baseball team goes to somebody else. So yeah, we for our dual team, I really wanted every kid on our dual team to get. Um, a ring and to be able to have it and not have to pay for it. So are any of it, cause our kids sometimes are so poor that they won't raise, you know, they won't come up with any money. If you're like, Oh, a hundred bucks, that's not that much, you know? Um, so, you know, we, we paid uh, half of the ring for them and they had to come up with like another, uh, we got it for a good deal. And then they had to come up with like 50 bucks on their own. So we gave them t-shirts to sell and then they sold the shirts and all the kids got, uh, a ring for the duels, the girls and the boys. That's solid. So, uh, so transfer rumors. Uh, you guys gonna get Osteen? No, I don't. I don't think so. 
uh, I mean, she, uh, she showed up, that'd be one thing, but I'm pretty sure, you know, like they're, they're kind of locked in at Chaminade. Uh, her mom's a hundred percent about, um, what do you call Ivy it? League, baby. Yeah. yeah she's, I mean, she, but Ivy League. They're, they're private all the way. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things, you know, yeah. that's probably never going to change. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, who do you think your guys' biggest competition is this year for the girls? And, uh, you guys have any friendly rivals over there? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think San Fernando is like they're our rival all the way around. You know, um, they do a good job. They have a great kids program, um, and they have just so many talented girls um, that come through there. They're gonna challenge us at the city and at state. I know in the state level, you know, you can never count out Selma. They've got three returning placers. Uh, and who knows who else? Um, that's kind of the tough part about, I think, uh, these days, girls wrestling. You know, I think because, you know, like you guys had talked about in a couple previous podcasts about how, uh, you know, there's a lot of girls out there with one girl on a team, two girls on a team, and they're really not getting a full experience. A lot of them may be at good programs, but the coaches aren't on board for girls wrestling. So you got a dad coaching them. You got, um, you know, assistant coach, uh, a young JV coach coaching them. And so they're not getting a full experience and they're not getting uh, the full opportunity. So you got a lot of parents, you know, trying to find a better opportunity for their kid and uh, you never know where they're going to end up, you know? So, um, you know, this day and age you go, Oh, this guy, this, these ones graduated. So, you know, this team shouldn't have anybody coming back. That's not the case anymore. You know? Um, so I think, you know, the, the perennial teams like Del Oro always have really good, uh, kids. They have a big program, you know, Toke is always good. I don't know what their lineup looks like anymore. I know Corona has a great program with Jimmy and, um, you know, uh, uh, James Logan, Albany, I think watch out for Albany because they're, they had like three all Americans at Folkstyle nationals that were all cadets. Uh, to wrestle each other in the finals, and they're both state placers. Um, so they're really young team, but Jason and Melinda are doing a great job over there, and they're like they're really building those girls up. So uh, North Coast should have a couple good teams, and uh, Newark Memorial has a couple really good girls. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of really a lot of talent out there, and I think it's it's interesting because you know 2016. Uh, we had uh, a really close, you know, state battle uh, between about four or five teams. And uh, everybody had two placers, three placers, maybe, you know, four was the most or five. And, and now it could be more than that. You know, you never know. You might have to score a lot of points to win. Yeah. No, it, it's hard to tell this year, like I said, because – it seems like if you have two girls, you're like going to be in the middle of it. You know, you're going to be right in the thick of things, you know, but um, having the expanded brackets, having more people get more kids in, I think it's going to definitely be an interesting race by the time state gets around and how many people qualify. Um, you know, Northview always puts through a bunch of kids and they always seem to come on at the end of the year. Um, yeah. Corona's always there. Selma's always there. Albany's won it before. So, Jason knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Does a good job. Um, but, yeah, I think it's probably ripe for the picking for a city section to sneak in and win themselves a state title. 
Yeah, how many? San Fernando has two in the top three coming back, and I know a lot of young girls coming in, so they're going to yeah. be good. How many? How many does the LA section get for uh, girls? Last year was the first year they let us take two, um, and we had like three of our second placers place. One was in the finals, um, so I think with the expansion, I don't know if it's set in stone yet, but we're going to get three. I think three or two still because i but heard that'll, that'll i heard work. three but i heard three but that i don't know if it's just the boys or they're gonna let the girls do that too but la will take any any weight class at oakland or camp phil yeah we are gonna have that yeah we've had that in the past which we for the boys got like one qualifier two qualifiers maybe um but it's not a very consistent you know they need to do away with that stupid section both those up there well, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like uh, for all the sports involved, they're never going to switch the sections. People have been talking about for, you know, ever. Oh, we should combine Oakland with North Coast and San Francisco. And, you know, they even said L.A. should be a part of, uh, you know, Southern. It's like, yeah. like Southern needs more teams, you know. Um, but but it's just kind of the way it works for all the athletics. Like They'll never – you know, basketball wise and football wise, they'll never combine them. So we should right. just get over it and move on with their life. Well, I, I think it's funny because it's like you have some sections, they always manipulate the numbers. There's people that are, that have a say in girls wrestling. Some of them aren't even really involved too much in girls wrestling anymore, but they still have a say and they manipulate the numbers to, to make sure that some sections still retain or, you know, maintain their their number of qualifiers. And I remember being in, in LA and arguing that like, look, you know, how are you going to have, um, you know, you, you have two girls in the LA city section that are ranked in state, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, 16, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like how, and only one of them is going to get to go to state. Like, how does that work? And meanwhile, you, you look at some of these other sections and it's like, they, there's nobody there, you know? And it, and it suffered, you know, the, the city suffered because, here they are, you know, if these girls had just one went up, one went down, whatever, you guys would have added another state placer and you would have had a bigger allotment anyways, you know, but instead the young lady got to sit home, you know, yeah. when, you know, really it shouldn't have been that way. So, well, you know, in, you know, four, four years in a row, we had so many placers and they had told us that we had, um, you know, we had to get something like, nine or 8.3 placers and we had eight but mm -hmm. we didn't have the point three that we needed so we needed nine placers um yeah. which to me was silly since you know how how are you going to get a, a point half a placer you know so yeah. they finally because they did that to us two years in a row where we had a third of a placer we needed and they didn't give us a qualifier so this year they added a, an extra qualifier and there's 25 girls in the bracket this year and we got two yeah no it, so. yeah that, that's good you know it's good to see that and, and seeing some of the schools too that hadn't had girls qualify before i mean yeah. seeing monroe come through and have a you know a girl get through and, and have a breakout year and having now two girls make it onto the fargo you know stage you know it, it's good to see that growth it's good for the city it's good for wrestling in general i think so yeah they're gonna have two placers next year probably you know those girls, top. those girls are hammers uh, and yeah. so fun. Like I, I love having them on the club um, because they're so coachable. They're, they're, they're good kids. They're kind of goofy. They're fun to be around. Oh, yeah. 
you know, but they are hammers. When it's time to work, those girls work, you know. Well, they're and, real sweet girls. And then, like, you know, when they get out there, like, mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, um, when Alex kept wrestling the Monroe girl, she almost hyperextended her knee in the duels. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, worried she's going to hurt her. I was like, uh, you know, just let her go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because she was like, she's going for blood, and we're like, geez. Yeah, no, they come out to play, and, and there's their there's their state match, uh, the freestyle state match. That was a burner. That was a I, yeah, I didn't yeah. know she would go with her, and man, they were going, and I was like, good lord, like they both left it out there, like that was a well, fun. You know, match. Well, the you know I told Alex too because you know we get we've wrestled her a lot, you know, throughout the years, and. Uh, She's done really good against her, but, you know, she's smart. She's gotten better. She's started to evolve a little bit. And we've wrestled her three times this year, and uh, she's changed what she did. You know, she she didn't do the same thing anymore. And Alex was still trying to do the same old stuff that she was getting on her before. Uh -huh. And, you know, somewhere in the middle of the match, I had to yell at her and say, stop shooting. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. She will not shoot on you. So just push her out. And then yeah. that's what she started doing, and she, she took the match away. And... I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I think she it was the score. Was it it was like a one point match or criteria match, right? I mean it was a it was, it was a close. Yeah, it was, it was a definitely burn. close. Like they, yeah. they were hammering each other and and neither one of them backing down either. They neither yeah. one of them given an inch. Well that's the know? thing. She kept trying to score and she was down and then I was like, Stop, you know, score a different way. Like stop yeah. shooting on her. And so she did and she scored and she got a couple like a push out and you know, so she she won the match, but you know it's good to see them battle. Like I I Alex got put on her back twice this year, you know, and um, it was good for her. You know, she, I I had Lakaya who pinned everybody in the first period, and you know when she was a sophomore and she pinned yeah. everybody at nationals, and I she was uh, you know it was hard to motivate her after that. Like how do I tell her, you know, you didn't work crazy hard, you you did the bare minimum, and you pinned everybody. And you're only yeah. a sophomore, so what do I do the next two years? You know, yeah. it's hard to get her to you know to do anything. Yeah, you know? <laughs> when it comes easy, you know. But when they when they get adversity, that's what you know drives them to keep working. The the battles we had with Burton last year, um, you know, made gave her so much character. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, and that was sad actually to see Burton not around this year because yeah, he's a hammer and she was so good and you know her and Alex getting out there and. and not having her this year, you know, really was a loss for the state, you know, yeah. and as a fan, as a fan, because she's a, she's a, yeah. another good wrestler for a big girl, a good yeah. wrestler. So, I mean, she made us have to think and work hard and make adjustments. And, you know, she beat us, you know, a couple times. We beat her in the season and she beat us in the state finals. And then, you know, Alex didn't want to go to Fargo and I had to talk her into it. You know, I told her we're going to beat Burton. We just had to, like, you know, you wrestle to to do the right things yeah. and to beat her and then she did in fargo and it was kind of really rewarding because um you know she did exactly what we planned and she worked hard for it and she was motivated and it paid off you know yeah so all righty guys i think we're good i don't want to keep jimmy any longer had him on for about an hour now so uh you got anything more for us josh no, any anything else, Jimmy? You you guys host a tournament this year? Yeah, uh, we have uh, the Battle of Birmingham. Um, the uh, in January, it's like one of the last tournaments of the the season there. 
it's like the 19th of January. Uh, we usually have a really good turnout. Um, I think I might be going to Esperanza as well because uh, I just want to see Josh. So yeah, probably, probably, <laughs> we're gonna probably. we're gonna have some uh, out of state girls coming already committed. Uh, we've got a couple Fargo finalists. We're trying to create kind of like some super matches with some different uh, some girls. We're trying to just make it fun and kind of make a highlighted. You know, we have a spotlight finals mat, so it's it's gonna well, be good. Awesome. It's gonna we're looking at an invitational rotational. That's that's yeah. what we're calling it. So kind of like five counties where they, you had to have an invite to come. Well, right, it'll right. be rotational where hopefully to get at least a three way round robin with some of the best girls. Like helping Josh out with that. So I think that's going to be pretty awesome to have. Uh, where else are you guys looking to go this year, Jimmy? Uh, we're trying to, I mean, we're going to be good. So I, I want to go to the best tournaments. Uh, um, Napa is kind of tough for us because it's so far. You know, everybody's always like Napa, Napa. But I'm like, that's like an eight or nine hour trip, you know, to Napa. Um, so I don't know. I mean, our, our school will really let us go far like that we go to the toc every year i really like it i get to see some of my old girls wrestle in college and uh you know there's some good competition um and uh we'll probably go to the queen of the hill uh carter esperanza um i don't know i mean, there's a couple of spots i'm trying to fill still like um i don't know about iron lady or there's a couple of those in there that um i don't really know exactly where we're going yet because mm -hmm tournaments that we used to go to got canceled so yeah change dates change this year everything yeah well yeah now jimmy and i were talking about it there's some programs that had some turnover coaches kind of let the tournaments fade away and yeah. it's uh, created kind of a, a hole in people's lineups their schedules so uh yeah. yeah that's understandable but um what weekend is la puente you were talking about that last time uh i think la puente let me check here for a second uh let's see here is it still like the 15th of it's usually around that time give me a second let me let me text jim lane i can ask him real quick if he'll if he'll respond before we get out of here but uh but yeah it's generally like that second week in december i think second or third week in december uh it's usually when it is and it, it was pretty good last year too so lane, there we yep. go we go to the TOC around that weekend. So it's just nice for me to go home. I mean, I went to Castro Valley one year cause my uncles coached there. And so, yeah. um, so we went out there, which was a lot of fun. Cause I get to see my family, um, which is nice. Nice. All right. To get up to the Bay area. Yeah. Get back to see your people. huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm a big deal there, you know, <laughs> Get to be a big fish, huh? Right. You know, when I when I came to LA, nobody knew who I was, and um, it was kind of weird. You know, you know, uh, referees were like yelling at me, and you know, when I'm in the Bay Area, all, I know all the referees. They ref me when I was wrestling, um, and it's kind of like it's like a culture shock when you're like, oh, you know, you, you're well known in the wrestling community, and then you know, I get to LA, and it's like a, it's like on an island almost where. You know, nobody kind of knew anybody outside of LA a whole lot. So yeah, I know Jim Thrall. Shift. Jim Thrall got rather upset with me at State this year. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, when in, in our match when uh, oh, when my cool. girls wrestling, you're all American. We had two all Americans wrestling each other, and it was it was in the middle of the match, and I uh, 
I, I questioned Jim Thrall, and he yeah. he stood up and got all huffy and puffy, and I was like, "Hey, dude, relax. It's all the match. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal." Um, oh, yeah, Jim Lane says December twenty first and twenty second. Oh, okay, right before Christmas, then, huh? Yeah, it's right before Christmas. Hey, Jimmy, is one Jimmy, yeah. is some of that wolf swag gonna go your way? Are you gonna be repping the wolf you swag? Know, and some track or some leggings? Putting some tights on, I'm, like Mark, that cool stuff. Me wearing tights? No, you won't see that. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm open to. Uh, you know whatever Jeff wants to do as far as you know it's funny I showed him a lot of our stuff he's like your gear, he's like your gear is boring because um, our stuff's pretty simple simplistic you know but um, you know I know the kids love all the the craziness and all the designs um, so you know at the end of the day it's not about me you know it's about the kids so whatever they want I'm a hundred percent for you know oh man he's gonna see him in some funky flicker patriot stuff. So, no, so but, some white some white jumpsuits with some matching shoes, something like that. Uh, yeah. Wrestling. He's into the retro look. He likes the eighties stuff. So, you know, bring some of that stuff back. Hey, I think uh I think everybody's gonna let's see here. Where are you at? I'm trying to, to bring up the photo. Come on. Oh, uh, uh Richard's photo? Yeah, there we <laughs> go. Hang on. Which one? <laughs> you guys can see it right now. It's uh Where'd you go? My oh, yeah. computer's being silly right now. There we go. So we're gonna show everybody what this looks like. <laughs> Come on, switch over. There we go. There we go. We're gonna have some of that. Oh my action. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it won't blow up anymore. It's terrible. It was such a gem. I'll have to put it on as our default. But uh, oh my god. All right, guys, <laughs> I'll let you guys go. But uh, thanks a lot, Jimmy, for coming on again. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate everybody. If everybody could like and share and subscribe to the to the podcast, we're trying to push it through through iTunes, but they're taking a minute. I think if we get more likes and shares, uh, we'll be able to get that pushed through so everybody can download it. I don't have to keep doing more work. So, but anyhow, from uh, anybody else got anything before I let everybody go? Everybody no. good? Thanks for coming on, Jimmy. Appreciate it. No yeah. problem. Uh, I, had a, I had a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, awesome. Got to get Mario on here next time. Yeah, I miss Mario. Well, I think uh, probably smell him out somewhere. I don't know. He's probably, I don't know. <laughs> I probably come mad again. Probably can't fi find the the screen. He's got something in his eye. It looks really glassy. But anyhow, alrighty, guys. You guys have a good night. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for helping me get to work today. This this traffic has been terrible. I really appreciate it. I got you, man. Anything you need. Do you mind if we listen to some music? Should we see what we've got?
this. Gangs ass bitches in your ugly ass rings. Can I preach? Can I preach? I gotta show them how pimp get it in. First, take your sip, sip, do your dip, dip, spend your money like money ain't. Woo hoo! We too fresh. Got to blame it on Jesus. Hashtag blessed. They ain't ready for me. Uh. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. So many pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep up. Why you mad? Fix your face. Say my fault. They over Jack and keep up. Players only. Come on. Put your picket rings up to the moon. I've met you, you seem like you're in a great mood. Yeah, wasn't that a love? Well, I've got to say, if I was wearing that level of silk, I would think I would be happy as well. <laughs> if I could dress like that all day, every day, I'd just yeah, be I over the moon. I, I think no you chance. Can. I think you can No do chance. It. If, I, if I wore that, I'd look like I'm having a breakdown. Feel this. I mean, it's so... It's a breatheable fabric. That's what I love. You don't want that on your skin? Of course I want you'd it rather, on my skin. I want it on my like skin this. 247. Three, six, five. But I want to talk through the hats. Because okay. I feel like there isn't a hat that you can't wear. You know where the hats come from is because of this hair. Right. And I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> is that really? That's it. I have some hats here. Look. If I wear this hat, I look like an undertaker. Right? Or my driver. Now let's see if Bruno can wear this hat. Right, let's go. Let's see it. Let's see this. Pulls it off. Done. Kind of almost slash. You're almost <laughs> slash. You're almost slash. What have we got next? Wait, hang on. What about this guy? Ooh, don't hurt him, James. I can't rock this. No way. Let me see. Because this, I feel like, is a hat that you would Shh. wear. Oh, see what I mean? Look, look at me. I can't contain you in this hat. I mean, you're absolutely serious. It's insane. Wait. Okay, here's the one. <laughs> here's the one. How's that? Perfect. I just feel like I'm just a guy who's constantly waiting for his Tinder date to turn That's up. That's it. Roller skates and a diaper. I want to perform, and this is what I want to do. Four years old. Four years old? Yeah. Doing what, though? I was impersonating Elvis Presley in my Shut dad's... Shut the front door. Rock and roll, 1950s review in Waikiki. Can you do the lip? <laughs> Can I do what? the lip? But what song did you do at four? Born through a party at the county jail. Prison was there to begin. But that was all banana, don't begin to sing. 
shoulder and knock that jail bursting. Let's rock. Let's rock. This is my Elvis. That's all I can do. I don't have the lip. So it's all based up with I can't do it. Well, no. What's quite good is you're, even in this car right now, you're, you're young Elvis. And then I'm like sort of fat Elvis when he's in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Will oh. we ever get a fat Bruno? That's what I want to know. That's Is there ever going to be a time where you're just going to go to town on the burgers and the pies? If that doesn't happen, then I didn't make it. But darling, let's go catch a I'd catch a grenade for you. Promise? If the pin was in, yeah. Huh? If the pin was in the grenade, I'd catch it. But if you'd taken the pin out and thrown it, I'd run. Unzip the back and watch it fall is a very romantic way, but when I get home with my wife and she says, can you undo this? It takes me about, I'm going to say a good four to six minutes, in which time all romance is gone. Because there's that little, yeah. the little bit at the top that you can't, and then, you know. It's a puzzle. Yeah, but then you've got the Spanx. You've ignored the Spanx in this song, then you're not like, um, peel back your Spanx. Like, do you know what I mean? That's for the remix. Okay, the Spanx remix. Yeah. All right. Let's just kiss till we're naked, baby. Versace on the floor. See this? One? It's this. What's happening? You just gotta let the shoulders. The shoulders do the talking. See, so you don't even well, gotta I, say it. I feel even... like this would not arouse no, a woman. No, no, like when you're trying to talk like I'm doing this, she is not aroused. Dig it in, oh. you know, let her know. What? I don't know, I'm confused. Right here. Oh, okay. Right here. Yeah, it's different when I do it. I sprinkle mean, her, sprinkle her. Well, what am I sprinkling? Just hypnotizing her. Hypnotizing her. Right? Okay. And then go back to the shoulder. Go. Okay. Okay. I'm in the shoulder zone. Uh huh. You licking the lips? Yeah. Because it ain't RB unless you're licking the lips. So, hello, cool track. Slow down. Slow down a little bit. <laughs> Can you feel it? It's warming up. Can you feel it? It's warming up. Can you feel it, baby? It's warming up. All that song teaches me is that you and I are very different in the bedroom. Because, I mean, I, if I start bringing out those sorts of shoulder moves, 
I think I'd be living. I'd be living on my own in a in a with a roommate above a gas station. Like. <laughs> also, no women that I'm dating is wearing Versace. No. No. What are they talking about, James? Target. <laughs> oh, 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 I What's your rider? What do you ask for in your dressing room? What do I want in my dressing mm. room? Some booze, some water, yeah. wet wipes. That's it. Wine and wet wipes. That's it. Because if I'm going home with just a bottle of wine and some wet wipes, that is a tragic evening for me, which ends with me crying. All Bruno Mars needs is some wine and some wet wipes. That's the next album. Wine and wet wipes. Wine and wet wipes. It's <gasps> a big album right? coming up now. It sounds massive. Pop the cork and wipe down. Pop the cork and wipe down. Ragat. Pop the cork and wipe down. Shagat. Pop the cork and wipe down. Wait a minute. Wipe my face, put some liquor with it. Oh, look, I've just done it. I've just done it. That's huge. Done. Wipe my face, put some liquor with it. This is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Styling, wilding, living it up in the city. Got trucks on in Saint Laurent. I gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty. So pretty, too hot. Hot damn. Got a police and a fireman, I'm too hot.
moved to LA, is it true that you would pay your rent by playing cards? For a little while, yeah. Give me your best poker face. Give me the face that says... I got it. No, you haven't got it, but give me the face that says you have got it. So, right, so there's the cards, I've got my cards. I'm gonna give you my face that says I've got it, even though I know there's nothing in here. Mm -hmm. Ready? Oscar-worthy. Yeah, now let's see I call. Okay. I just call. Just whatever call. whatever right. that is. Now let me see yours. Let me see yours. Let me see yours. So you, you, you pick up the cards, and they are terrible. If you want me to think, you're holding <laughs> See, that shows how good you are at cards. I lifted them up like I was playing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> okay. you, you were even that much of a pro that you just, yeah, you know. <laughs> this carpool hey bruno what should everyone do right now subscribe to this youtube channel there it is see you next time